Hello there, and welcome back to the BU Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Brown, and our mission here at BU is to help the world become a happier place, one person at a time. Hope you're all blessed and well out there. And before we get into today's topic, I just wanted to thank everybody and send out lots of love and good wishes to all those people who supported me and said well done and congratulations on reaching 50 episodes of the podcast. Those who listen regularly will know that our last episode was episode number 50, and I put a post out there on Facebook, and I talked about it on Instagram, and you know, different places as well. Just talking about the journey so far and what it's been like for me, and the response back was wonderful. I want to shout out Jane Sayer as well. Big up to you. She left a comment on my post, which really resonated with me. It was so powerful to hear that the podcast has really supported her in her life. And big up to my auntie Marva as well, and my mum, my cousins who you know were bigging me up on there, and other people as well who were just you know congratulating me on the journey. And it was just really nice to hear how the podcast has impacted these people. And it just, you know, it's fuel, it's motivation to keep going. It's validation that it's worth it, you know, because, yeah, I might think it's sweet. I might think it's hot. But if nobody else is listening to it, then what's the point? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and obviously, you got to do you. And even if no one was listening, I'd probably still do this. But there's something about recognizing and realizing that it's positively impacting and helping people which gives me the fuel to keep going for another 15, another 100, another 200. Who knows where this journey is going to go and what it's going to turn into, but I feel blessed today. I feel grateful today. And I just wanted to start this episode by saying thank you to those people. Now, on today's episode, I wanted to talk about something that I've talked about before, but you know, you'll find with any podcast or any any anything you listen to on YouTube or whatever that a lot of content creators may have like an area that they focus on and they'll talk about the same thing in different ways. And so even though I've talked about this topic before, I've not talked about it in a way that I'm going to talk about it today. And what I want to talk about is this. I want to talk about what do we do when the energy of strong emotions like hits us hard, right? When it feels like we're in the midst of it when it's whacked us so hard that there's nothing else that we feel like we feel like we could be drowning in these emotions. What are we supposed to do in those moments? And I wanted to, I wanted to put it into context by sharing something that happened recently with me. So a few weeks ago, let's, let's go further back than that. A few years ago, one of the things that I really, really wanted for my house was to have a pond. I've always loved fish and I've always, wanted to have fish. And I think that goes all the way back to being a kid and, you know, being at my grand and granddad's house and they used to always have um, goldfish in the tank. And then I had fish a few times as a kid myself. And I had one, I had one fish called DJ that lived for years and years and years named DJ after the street fighter character DJ. So big up to all the street fighter fans out there who actually know who DJ is. <laughs> but I digress. I've always loved fish um, and having fish as pets and all the rest of it. And so to take it to the next level, right? Yeah, having a tank is sweet. But I was like, wouldn't it be really cool to get a pond? Because then I can have um, bigger fish, can have koi carp in there, you know, can step it up, can have lots of fish at the same time. It was something that I wanted. And my wonderful, beautiful wife, one year surprised me by paying for a pond to be built in our back garden. And I'm looking at that pond now as I do the podcast. I usually do, I'm usually overlooking the pond. It's usually in the background when I'm doing these episodes. And when the, when the pond was built, it was super exciting for me. And so to, to celebrate that, we've got to get some fish, right? So we bought about, 
must have been about between, I think about 10 fish. Plus we had a fish in the tank as well. Nathan's pet fish that we'd got the year, the year before that went into the pond as well. So we've got a posse in there, right? Now, one day when I was going and walking Ziggy, I noticed there was this large creature stood, not stood, was it stood or sat? The birds sit? I've digressed a lot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it was stood. There's this huge bird stood on next door's roof as I was walking Ziggy. I was like, what is that? And when I looked closer, I realized it was a heron. Now, for those who know anything about fish and birds, herons love fish. Like they love eating fish. Like that's what they that's their diet, that's what they feed on. And they're they're solitary creatures, so they tend to They'll fly around a, a surrounding area looking for a place to call home, like a territory that's theirs. And I noticed that this heron had been about quite a few times recently. So I was scouting this heron. Then fast forward a few days later, I come to my um, you know, my back window where when I open the curtains, you can see the back garden, you can see the pond, what have you. I open the curtains and the heron, it must have been the same heron. That same heron is on next door's fence and is stood on it looking down in my pond I'm like why don't touch my fish <laughs> this heron's getting me stressed out right because the killer thing about about these birds is they hunt at times when you're going to be asleep so they hunt early early doors in the morning at dusk so you're not going to know that they've been there right fast forward again a few um days after that and I come out in the garden let Ziggy out. And Ziggy starts acting really weird by the pond. Runs over to it straight away and he starts sniffing by a stone. I'm like, Ziggy, what, what are you doing? So at first, I don't put two and two together. And I'm like, Ziggy, get away from the pond. What are you doing? And then I go across and I'm looking in the water and I'm like, something's not right. Where, where are all the fish? Where are all the fish? In that moment then, this narrative builds in my brain. And I've got, I can, I've got images of this heron when I'm not there coming into my pond and eating all the fish, like just wiping them out, bang, have another one, bang, another one, bang, another one. And the emotion that came over me was so intense. Like in that moment, I was angry. I was very upset. I was very like, you know, like worried, like anxious, like this bird come just wiped out all my fish. You know what I mean? And so I spent a lot of time just staring out in the pond, looking for the fish, couldn't see the fish. And, you know, the next day, same again, put some food out. And this is when I was really worried, put some food out and the fish didn't come and get it. Super worried, super concerned, like something ain't right here. And in that moment, when I initially started building that narrative together to just go back a step, that was a moment when I was experiencing super strong emotions. Now, when you've got emotions happening like that, and it can be for a multitude of reasons, and a lot of you will probably resonate with this, there can be the temptation to just run with the energy of what that emotion is bringing to you at that moment. What I found though in the past is that's usually when I've made rash decisions, that's usually when I've done stuff and said stuff that I've regretted, and I've learned from that. And so I've learned that there must be a different way to handle the emotional charge, like the the power that it feels like you've got to say something destructive or do something destructive in those moments to actually use that energy and that emotion in a healthier way. 
because it can't just be that we become slaves to our emotions in that way. I found that the more that we can have a healthy response to these moments, the more we can navigate them gracefully. And so that's why I brought it up today. Like, what are the steps? How do we start to do that? And so I'll tell you the ending of the story at the end of the podcast, because yet the story is important, but it's not as important as this, looking at the mechanism of the strong, powerful emotions and what do we do with them? So I want to get into that and talk about that first. And then for those people who are just here for the gossip and the story about the heron and the fish, I will tell you how the story ends as well. And so when we have these super strong emotional moments come over us, Step one, and it's always my step one because it's so powerful, is awareness. If we miss, if we miss the opportunity to realize that we have been almost hijacked and taken over by this strong emotion, then our capacity to respond just to the fact that the strong emotion there, rather than responding to reacting to the situation, is so much lower. We're probably going to just overreact. Or we're going, to, we're going to react very emotionally in a flash. Boom, it's done. And afterwards, like, whoa, what just happened? So it's almost as if the emotion comes in and then we are led by the emotion rather than being led by anything else like reason. And so that's why step one is always awareness. In that moment when those very strong emotions were coming over me in that situation, simultaneously, there was a recognition of how I felt and a recognition that I didn't feel quite right in that moment. So what I mean by not quite right is I don't feel like I'm in my usual state. And that comes from awareness as well. Like we we get a feel for what it feels like for us, like our baseline level of when I'm feeling like quite level-headed, I know what that feels like. I recognize what that's like for me. When I'm in a very emotional state, I can recognize that too. I know what it feels like. I know what it's like physiologically, like in my body, I know what it feels like. I know what's going on in my head usually when I'm in that place. I know what's going on with me in terms of my my reaction to it. Like I I'm, I deeply understand that. There's deep awareness around it. So because there's that, that awareness, it's almost like the engine light in a car. It's pointing something out to you. If you can clock what it's saying, then that signal is an absolute gift. And so in a way, the awareness... Be- the awareness that I'm not quite in a position to make great decisions right now. I'm not probably in the best place now to take action that's going to be helpful. That recognition is huge. And it allows us to recognize I'm not where I need to be at the moment. Not to say that the emotion is wrong because emotion is not wrong and it's not wrong to feel emotions at all. However, having a healthy way to navigate emotions, having a healthy way to deal with super strong emotions is really helpful because it allows us, as I said before, to not become a slave to them. And so step one is awareness. There's got to be a recognition of how we feel when these powerful, strong emotions take over. Now, step two might sound quite controversial, but step two for me is actually the most, well, it's they're all important, but this one is so, is so important because it's the one that people go the complete opposite of this. So I can imagine that a lot of people are expecting now for me to talk about a coping strategy or a coping mechanism or, you know, some way of deflecting the emotion or some way to shift into the positive or change your state or whatever. 
I don't agree with any of that. Step two for me is this. Let it be. We've got to let it be. The reason we've got to let it be is because if we go to war with ourselves because of how we feel, we are deepening the level of resistance that's going on. So we're moving further away from peace and moving further into struggle and strife. It's challenging enough to be coping with difficult, powerful, strong emotions. We're adding another layer of difficulty if we are judging ourselves for it or telling ourselves we need to shift out of it now or saying, you know, what's wrong with you for feeling this way? None of that is actually helpful. What is helpful is to recognize that it is what it is. This is how I feel. Whether it's right or wrong, whether it's appropriate or inappropriate, whether it's okay or not, it is what it is. And the quicker we can allow the emotion to be what it is, the quicker we're going to find ourselves processing the, processing the emotion in a healthy way. So to go back into the context of that day when I, I thought that you know my pond had been wiped, all the fish in my pond had been wiped out by this heron, I almost spent some time just 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 feeling it, just just allowing it to be there, like just allowing the emotion to course through my body with no resistance to it, no fight with it, no reason to shift it or change it or run away from it, just allowing it. Okay, this is how I feel. Okay. And that is a very important part of the process because as I said before, it is allowing you to have your experience. You're not judging yourself for how you feel. You're not trying to live up to an image of how you think you should feel. You're not, yet you're not trying to be something that you're not in that moment. The most authentic thing you can do when you feel a certain way is to feel it. And I've learned this from observing my children, right? There's times when they feel great and they, and they you know, they're, they're in that space. And there's times when they don't feel great. And what I love about the lesson that my children show me is, yo, th this is just how I feel. And I've recognized over time, a big lesson for me, that my children's experience of how they feel is valid. I can't shift it and I can't change how they feel in that moment. That's how they feel. And that's totally okay. And so I've got to the place now where I can give myself that same grace and I can allow myself to feel whatever it is I'm feeling and recognize that that's okay. And so step two for me is to let it be. Whatever that emotion is, if it's there, it's there. You've got to let it run its course. We've got to let it roll. We've got to let it flow. That's how it doesn't get stuffed down. That's how it doesn't get stifled. It's by allowing it to run its course, allowing it to feel, allowing ourselves to feel it all the way through, ring it of everything that's in there until there's none of it left. Because when there's none of it left, then we'll be free of that emotion. And so step three for me is give yourself what you need. And that links to, to number two, letting it be. Because how people do that is going to be so different depending on how they're built. For me, when I'm feeling that strong emotion or whatever, the last thing I need in that moment is somebody trying to make me feel different or make me feel better. I don't need that. What I need, and then I'm just talking about me personally, but what I need is space and time to allow the emotion to run its course. That really works for me. And so I give myself the space and I give myself the time. I don't try and make any big decisions. I don't try and take any hasty actions. I just allow the emotion to run its course. 
I give myself as much space as I practically can. Sometimes you can't, depending on what you're doing at the time. I give myself as much time as I can. Sometimes you can't. If it's an emergency, I recognize those things too. But I recognize they're the things I need in terms of processing emotions. The question for you is, what is it that you need? And how can you give yourself what you need in that situation? It's such a powerful thing to ask yourself because if you're denying yourself of what you need, you're making the process of processing these emotions more difficult than it needs to be. If you know there's certain things that you respond really well to, why wouldn't you give yourself those things? This is a big part of when it's, when people talk about self-love and all of that, that's a really interesting topic and conversation. And I think one part of that equation for self-love for me is giving yourself what you need, not what somebody else tells you you should have, not what somebody else is saying this is best for you, but what you know is best for you based on your experience, based on you know your own reflections on yourself and as a result of self-awareness. We know what's best for us in these situations. Give yourself what you need. It's so powerful. And then number four, step four for me, after giving yourself what you need, and there's that recognition that you're almost returning to that baseline where you're seeing things through a clean lens. You're seeing things with that filter that's not being biased by the emotion. It's not being biased by, you know, thoughts that are not helpful we're not in a overly negative place or we're not in an overly naively positive place. We're in that rational level-headed place. Step four then is, what now? Off the back of what's happened, do I need to make any adjustments? Do I need to say anything to anybody? Do I need to take any action? What are those adjustments and how can I make them happen? And then once we've done that, it's almost as if we've, we've completed the cycle, we've completed the loop. We've had the strong emotion come in, We've allowed the strong emotion to be what it is. We've given ourselves what we need in order to allow the emotion to run its course. And then off the back of that, we can then reflect on the whole thing and see if there's any adjustments that we need to make moving forward off the back of the event that we were in. And so that's my sort of cycle. That's my four-step process in terms of harnessing the energy of strong emotions so that we can actually deal with them in a healthy way rather than an unhealthy way or a destructive way. And I'm not saying I get this right all the time. I certainly don't. And I don't know anybody who does, but it's definitely worth reflecting on for yourself to see, well, where, you know, where can I make those adjustments myself? Now, let's get back to the story. So, as I said, I thought that a heron had come and wiped out all my fish, right? Now, my brother-in-law who built the pond, he, he put in a device that was super smart and I don't know what it's called. I just call it the fish cave. But basically what he's done is if you imagine the layout of the pond and you can see the surface of the water, imagine that underneath the water, you can go, there's a hole, there's like a, there's like a cave where the fish can go and hide and where they can shelter away from predators, right? And so I didn't see my fish for about five days. Day six, when I was in the garden, I looked in the pond again I'd sort of lost hope because it had been so long. And I saw by the filter, I saw on the fish, I was like, <gasps> there were fish in there. And then I thought, I'm going to try feeding again. I chucked some food in and the fish were back. So the fish were there. They were all feeding. And it turns out there must have been an attack because the water had been disrupted. And Ziggy went to those rocks straight away with that sense of smell. And he was smelling something he hadn't smelt before. 
So I've got no doubt in my mind that the heron went for it and tried to get the fish. But I think the fish cave saved the day. Because of where it's positioned, it would be nigh impossible for heron to get in there and get out the fish. So I think that's what saved them. And I just think the trauma of the whole event meant that they never they didn't come out for so long because they would have been so scared of being hunted again. So all ended well in terms of the fish being alive and not becoming heron food. Like all ended well there. All ended well because I didn't kill a heron out of rage. Or I didn't go and buy like a, you know, like a, a, a rifle or something to gun down a heron next time I see one. So I didn't take any crazy actions like that. And all ended well because it allowed me to reflect on how do we, how do we harness these emotions? How do we, you know, how do we navigate that experience gracefully so that we can, we can honor the emotion and not pretend it's not there because we know that never works. But at the same time, we don't fall into this, this destructive pattern, this destructive place where emotions literally destroy our lives because we become a slave to the, the power and the energy that they give to us. And we, because we don't know how to use it, we end up harming ourselves or others in ways that we never, we would never have meant to in our right frame of mind. And so I hope this discussion about powerful emotions and, you know, some steps that we can take to, to navigate that has been helpful to you. If it has been, and you've enjoyed this episode, there's a few things you can do to support the course. One thing you can do is you can share this episode with somebody who you think would benefit from hearing it. You can do that by literally, if you if you imagine you're listening to it on your phone or whatever, you'll see there's like three little dots on the player that you're listening to it on. If you tap on the three little dots, one of the options that will come up is share episode. When you click on that, you can get a link and then you can send that link to anybody. They can open that link and then they can listen to the episode as well. So that's one way you can share the episode with your loved ones, friends, whoever, who you think will benefit from it. Another thing you can do if you feel like this episode or the show in its entirety has been helpful to you in your life in any way is you can leave us a review. You can do that on Apple Podcasts. You can do that on Spotify as well. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show. Another thing that you can do as well is subscribe to the show. If you, if you enjoy the show and you don't want to miss an episode, if you subscribe, every time I drop an episode, it will automatically land in your player for you and you will probably get a notification as well that a new episode has been released so that you get, you know, you get access to the episode straight away. You don't have to remember to keep coming back and check in. Has Sean done another episode yet? And so there's those things that you can do. I'm sending you lots of good energy, good vibes. I'm hoping you've enjoyed this discussion today. If you've got any questions about what I've said or anything you want to, you know, you want to share with me about what I said, I'll leave the link to my website in the show notes. You can get in touch with me there and I'd love to have that discussion with you. I'm going to leave you now to the rest of your day and whatever you're doing, I hope it's going your way. Be blessed, be you, and I'll see you on the next episode.